Welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with HR leaders from around the world. Workforce planning is arguably the most strategic talent management tool available in today's dynamic business environment. It relies on effective forecasting and analysis to impact an organization's ability to attract and retain talent. Although most organizations understand the critical importance of strategic workforce planning, they face a number of challenges around its implementation. I'm here today with a great HR friend, Christian Hobson, who is the Global Head of Talent and DNI at Standard Charters. He's going to share some insights on how organizations can navigate around these areas and also some of the obstacles that we can debug to effective workforce planning. Hi, Christian. How are you? Hey, Ben. I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for joining us. So um, maybe to start, perhaps you could share a little bit about your background and also about your role at Standard Charters. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for, uh, thanks for the invitation to talk about this area, um, an area that I'm increasingly interested in. Um, I have been here at Standard Chartered Bank for about uh, four and a half years. I am um, currently head of talent uh, diversity and inclusion, which covers a number of areas of talent practices, ranging from uh, assessment, uh, engagement, right through to things like succession planning or graduates, um, and um, strategic workforce planning, of course, as well in there. I've, I've done um, similar roles in other organizations, in other financial services organizations um, over the past uh, 20 or so years, and I started my career as a, an assessment specialist, as an occupational psychologist working for the government, um, working for the, for the Royal Air Force, where I did selection and training for, for pilots and, and navigators. And throughout all of that, a, a, a data-based um, approach to to people and decision making has always been really important to me, um, and and that is clearly front and centre of um, of the approach we have of on uh, strategic workforce planning. Brilliant, and um, I, I mean it's something that people are banding around um, in a lot of uh, HR leader forums we have, and I'm sure a lot of your peers mention it, but being data driven and that data. Um, that data knowledge, um, what would you say are the most uh, important business benefits perhaps for data-driven workforce planning? Yeah, okay. So uh, I'll, um, it, um, I, I think there's a, first of all, there's a lot of mythology, in which I'm quite a, on a, a bit of a mission to kind of educate people about what strategic workforce planning is and what it isn't. Um, it is, it's different from more operational workforce planning. Um, so it's not around having a, a capacity plan. It's not around having headcount data and positions. Um, it, is, it has a much longer time horizon, of a three-plus-year time horizon. Um, and it is essentially a process by which you identify some of the key segments that are going to be of a strategic importance to drive your business in the, in the future. And then looking at some scenarios, either those for a high-change environment or for a low-change environment, is to, uh, to put together a plan of how you're going to either build, um, I develop your current workforce, you're going to buy how you're going to acquire either from a, a graduate um, or from an entry level um, or from lateral hires, or indeed there is, uh, or indeed things like borrow. Um, the, there is an increasingly a non-employed workforce a, um, a, um, as people have more portfolios of careers coming in and out of, the, of, um, of organizations or working for a number of different organizations at any one time. There's also a borrow approach that you, um, that you can have. And, um, and further things like you know, how you can bind people to the organization as well through a strong EVP, through 
um, competitive um, uh, compensation packages, etc. So the strategic workforce planning looks at how you identify some of those key segments. It's not about everything. It's about the key segments, the key talent segments, whether you're going to build, you're going to buy, you're going to borrow, you're going to bind those to, um, uh, to, to, to the organization. Um, and, um, and, and you have this on a, on a, a three plus time, year time horizon, which you reforecast as you go through so that you know that you're on track or, or, or not. Um, what it does rely on is it relies on quite a lot of underlying data for that because you need to be able to model what is going to be happening with your population. So you may have a population that is, um, is peaking, is coming to retirement, for instance. Um, and that is really quite an obvious way of saying, you know what, if we do nothing, then what are some of the consequences going to be? Are we going to need to, we need to either hire new people? We're going to need to retrain people that we've currently got within the organization. Strategic workforce planning answers a lot of those questions, um, or unearths a lot of those questions to start with, and then answers those questions. So it's a, so it's, it's, it's a predominantly data-driven approach, but it, um, but it's, it's not a, um, it's not, it's, it doesn't rely solely on data to make some of these decisions. It uses the data to inform how you're going to be planning for the future. One of the biggest challenges uh, with organisations around putting together an effective workforce plan, data, data-driven data workforce plan that's aligned, aligned to the business objectives? Yeah, I mean, I think that there, is, that there are a number. Of, I, I, one, I think, is is for um, both HR professionals and for business leaders to actually understand exactly what benefits it can give. Um, and, um, and again, using this lens of what are some of the things that I wish that I had done differently three years ago, having the knowledge that I have now is, is a useful way for people to to, to, to frame that um, that question or that that concern, um, it, it so it, it really is a ensuring that you've got a, a more proactive rather than a reactive approach. And a lot of businesses these days, are, um, because things do change so rapidly, um, a, a lot of businesses do have more of a tendency to be reactive rather than proactive, thinking, well, we uh, we can't plan for what's happening in um, in the future. So so I think um, you know getting um, um, people comfortable with the fact that. These are flexible approaches that they are reforecasted every whatever is a sensible time horizon every three months, every six months or so. Um, it, in some in some way, kind of inoculates you against that concern people have of we just were really you know around here we just want a, a kind of a one year time horizon. Anything beyond that, we kind of just leave to chance. So so I think that that's one one area. I think the other area is um, that. Um, it is a um, there is a, a need for data to make some of these decisions and and um, and we have a lot of data we probably have too much data so so being able to cut through the data that is going to be most important to be able to make some of these these decisions requires a lot of you know um, kind of tech um, HR um, data savviness and. Um, and some organisations do struggle with that. Um, I think, as a profession, we're getting an awful lot better over the, you know, my career. The, the decisions people make on based on good quality data has increased tre- tremendously. But I think for a lot of organisations, they do struggle with using a very data based approach or an empirical approach to their, de- their decision making and um, and then i think puts them off being um, more strategic and using these um, this these methodologies of strategic workforce planning for instance thing because they because they um, are not confident in that area yeah i think it's an interesting point and 
certainly something we've seen with the changing dynamic around what makes a good HR leader or a great HR leader, that ability to be able to interpret and also feel comfortable in a world of data is something that not everybody's been used to perhaps in their careers. Um, I'm, I'm curious, uh, I know that you've made the move fairly recently to Dubai and also the bank has a, a, a fantastic history within emerging markets and high growth markets, particularly Africa. I know we talked about uh, recently when we were together in, uh, in, the, in, in Dubai. And are there unique challenges therefore for effective workforce planning in high growth markets? What would be your views on, on that? Yeah, so, so I, I guess it's, 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 a, it's a, a technique, it's a methodology that you can use in and, and, and have been used in a number of different scenarios, not necessarily just high growth markets, um, um, but also where, where it, it, it is, albeit it's in a kind of the sweet spot is where you, there's an awful lot of change and certainly where you've got a scarcity of skill set. So um, I find that it is more use where you um, you are, have to be really quite purposeful and creative and very planned about the talent and what talent, what you're going to do with talent in the future. So, so if um, and if we look at certainly the financial services, and this is not just around um, standard chartered, but if you look at financial services, you know, in an organisation like ours, there are you know a number of underlying trends um, in the markets that we operate in. Um, things like the rise of the urban mid- middle class, for instance. I mean, 29 of the the you know, 41 global mega cities are expected to be in in Asia, Africa, Middle East by 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 um, 2030. Um, we're seeing a lot of those markets being more consumption led. Um, we're seeing a, an increase in the global connectivity um, in financial services. Um, we, um, we're, we, we, I, I, China is a, an obvious example where we will see the RMB being a reserve currency late, late, later, um, later on this year. Um, there's also a digital a revolution in terms of the um, uh, um, how banks will operate from a, from a, um, a digital point of view. We have the digital re- revolution. Um, and clearly, clearly that is going to introduce some challenges into the marketplace as well. Um, and then in some of our markets, actually, what is interesting, some of the work that we've been doing in Africa, for instance, in Nigeria and in, um, uh, in Kenya, has certainly been some of the financial deepening that we've seen there, where we know local capital markets are, um, are deepening, internationalizing, and an increased need for, say, things like local um, hedging instruments um, uh, for client risk management, etc. So, so all of that change means that the type of individual, the type of capabilities that we need people to be doing um, in uh, in the future is going to be different to the, to, um, to the capabilities that they have today. And we need to be planned around that because there is in some of those markets there is a scarcity of skill set, and we need to build that capability through a um, a number of different. Um, a number of different options. So that may be things like short-term assignments to bigger markets, so people get exposed to broader um, and um, a more sophisticated ways of doing business. Um, it may be that we need to be purposeful about the, you know, the graduates coming into the organisation as well, and how we're building their their experiences um, up, 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 up also. So, um, so it, it it has a, you know, this technique certainly has a a, a, a more um, a, a more relevance in those kind of high, uh, high change environments. And it's not just about growth markets, it also can be ones that are, are, um, are declining as well. Interesting. And in terms of uh, the paper that you, uh, Christian, uh, I think it discussed 
some of the practicalities around implementation of such a data-driven workforce plan. Could, could you share a little bit on that as well? Yes. Yeah, so I yeah. Uh, thank you. I, I gave a um, uh, a paper at a, a conference. A, a few days ago on this, the, um, and um, and that was you know most people actually were is a bunch of practitioners. Uh, most people were actually interested in you know how they would go about um, um, implementing a, a technique like strategic work for planning in their own organisation. And I think there's an element of education in there as well, as I as I mentioned, so that people do realise what this. Uh, technique is and what it isn't, and this you know certainly this issue around its time horizon that it's not, um, it's not about all roles in the organisation. It's around specific you know, high, you know uh, talent segments that you know are going to have pivotal importance for your business in the future. Um, so so that is a you know big um, um, a big need for people to understand up front is that you know what this will do and what it do, what it won't do. Um, I think there's also an element of bringing the whole system in, into the room and, um, to be able to make this work. So that is, and it's not just HR professionals, it's not just the recruiting, it's not just your comp and Ben, but it's also your finance and, and, um, and of course also your leaders as well. I mean, CEOs for a particular country, for instance, is if they are to be involved in this work, they've got to own it, you know, so they can't be seen as kind of um, uh, uh, just passive recipients of this. It's, it does take some investment of time. And, um, and clearly the outcomes that the, the plans that you put in place and they need, they and their, their teams are going to need to act on. So they need to, you need to get that ownership up, um, up front. And if you don't get that ownership, then you're going to, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. Um, there's elements of kind of prioritization around it as well. So you have to be pretty brutal about what you can do, what you can't do. I mean, or, or HR departments are, uh, are increasingly um, pressured as, as the workload increases. Um, and um, it, um, it means that be trying to go after some of the um, priority segments, um, you would need to be really purposeful, really clear about exactly what that return on that investment in that segment is, is going to be as well. So that means you've got to be really clear about whether it is actually worth going after um, a particular segment and, and having a plan around that particular segment. Um, I think piloting, you know, starting small and building on what you have is really important. I think there's an element of being directionally right, um, not precisely wrong, if you know what I mean. Um, you don't need to have a, it's not a headcount plan. You don't need to worry about having exact figures for how many people you will be hiring in the next three years. You just need to know, you know, what the, the, what the direction is going to be. And then when you do a reforecast in three, six months time, you know, how that might change because of either the external environment, environment or, or because you've got a change in strategy, et cetera. So, um, and, and I, I think the final thing is around, you know, that although it's strategic, um, strategic doesn't necessarily mean difficult. Often we, we, we put the word strategic in, in things when we, we, we kind of want to um, emphasise just how complex these things are. It's not. It's not, it's not complex. You can make it as, as easy or as complex as you want it to be. And, um, and so I, um, I, I don't think a, um, uh, people should be put off by the fact that it is, it is it's long-term um, and that it's linked to the organization's strategy, clearly it's linked to the organization's strategy, but that doesn't mean to say that it is a complex link. It doesn't mean to say that it is something that um, is, um, uh, you can't have any really concrete um, plan around it, which is really 
clear, simple, and executable. It's that those things are, are outputs of this process. If it's not going to be, if it's not going to be practical, then you know it's gone wrong somewhere down somewhere down the line. So you know, I encourage people not to be put off by that. That was Christian Hobson, who is the global head of talent and BNI at Standard Chartered, with insights on how to build a data-driven workforce plan. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.